feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Clueless. I, I don't know how to say it any other way tonight on the Rita Cosby Show. I couldn't believe it. We get the word that now we're officially in a recession, even though the White House doesn't want to use that term because they know it's a disaster for them. And you would think that the first thing would be about, okay, well, we have to clamp back. We have to do this. We have to maybe revisit some of our excessive spending. Maybe we should go back to energy independence. Because then our gas prices wouldn't be as high as they are. Then we wouldn't have to even be thinking about Russia and dealing with Russian oil and helping to solve Europe and so many of these problems that are going on out there. But yet, President Biden not only doubled down, he like quadrupled down today. And this to me shows that he is just completely out of touch I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to what was your reaction while he was out there today. And all he kept talking about was, you know what, all there is to do is basically the climate crisis, the climate emergency. And I'm sorry, I'm sitting here looking at crime as an enormous emergency. I'm thinking about our border, which is enormous emergency. By the way, Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser calling on the National Guard to help deal with the overflowing migration of asylum seekers that are coming to D.C. And so the border is coming to every single state basically across America. By the way, she wouldn't call the National Guard for President Trump and didn't seem to want it around the Capitol on January 6th. But when it comes to her town... And she's dealing with migrants. Then she wants some National Guard for that. But you've got all the issues going on with crime across the country where crime is skyrocketing. People are worried about the economy. People are spending anywhere from four to five, six thousand dollars per family more under this president. And that to me is much more of an emergency. Not figuring out how to get an electric vehicle and not figuring out how to get a windmill in my backyard. Sorry, I'm not thinking about that right now. I think it's nice to at some point get into green energy at a time where we're not in the middle of a war, in the middle of an economic war. I mean, this to me is such a mess. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight. Is this part of the reason that Joe Biden has 75% of even Democrats who do not approve of him because he's just the worst messenger ever. Even when he's, like, making his point, he's like, uh, 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 uh. He seems like he's all over the place. And who at this right time, other than a few of these ultra, ultra hardcore lefties, that all they are talking about is green energy, green energy, green energy. Don't worry about the subways. Don't worry about what's happening in Los Angeles with the crime and Seattle and Nashville and places like that. Don't worry about that. Those skyrocketing numbers, which in most major cities across the country are double digit. No, no, no. The crisis is green energy right now. He wants more of it at this time. I feel like going Are you on another planet? What is wrong with you? And what is wrong with these people 
that they feel like that's where they should be spending money right now at a time where we really should be cutting back. If you listen to all the great economists out there, their reaction is right now is the time to scale back. It's the excessive spending that created this dilemma of a recession. And this president, all he keeps talking about is more green energy, more green energy. He's not admitting that him cutting off the Keystone Pipeline and cutting off all the different oil supplies, that in some way that that maybe created this issue. He's not even admitting it. Instead, he is like doubling and tripling down, saying that we have to all be part of this great green energy transition that he and his team want us to go through. And remember, Buttigieg the other day was talking about how we all need to feel a little pain so we can make it through this transition. Did you volunteer for the pain? Did you vote for the pain? Did you vote when you go to the grocery store or when you go to the gas station and you see these skyrocketing prices? Did you say, gosh, I really want to be part of this great liberal transition and I want to make sure that we're no longer energy independent so that way we're at the mercy of a Saudi Arabia or a Venezuela or an Iran or Russia? I mean, this to me is crisis, and that's why... I could not believe when I sat there and I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? Is he really going to push green energy? And the first thing out of his mouth is he talks about the climate and green energy. I thought, is he talking about the crime climate? No, he is talking about how more money needs to be invested so they can turn the world green at a time where we have a recession. Literally, it was within minutes of when they announced that America is officially in a recession, even though President Biden wouldn't admit it. But if you look at the statistics, the two quarters back-to-back of contracting GDP means it's a recession. And yet they, on that day of all days, he is announcing a $369 billion climate and tax package and saying we can't wait to go forward with more of this. How much more pain can we take? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. What was your reaction when today of all days, when it appears we are in a recession, no matter what the White House wants to call it, the definition of is is, and playing around with the verbiage and all of that, no matter what, this is a crisis economic time, and this president isn't opening the spigots, and and he's doing exactly opposite. He is pushing for more windmills and more celery sticks for the rest of us. I don't know how much more we can take. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Well, here is how he started out. you got to take a listen to this because here he is, this big announcement. I'm thinking, okay, he's going to finally admit that he's created the recession, that he's created the problems. And no, he started touting Mr. Green, Al Gore. This bill has won the support of climate leaders like former Vice President Al Gore, who said the bill is, quote, long overdue and a necessary step to ensure the United States takes decisive action on the climate crisis that helps our economy and provides leadership for the world by example. And Al Gore's example, by the way, is taking the private jet, just like John Kerry, that basically burns more fuel than, you know, a 767. I mean, it's like if you look at the whole thing, you're like, 
this is such hypocrisy. All these people pushing this like green energy transition, and yet a lot of them are not even living it. I mean, John Kerry sold his energy stocks before he became the czar for climate. I mean, come on. So it was okay up until him being the climate czar, and then suddenly, gosh, it doesn't look good, so maybe I should change that. What about living and walking the walk? And then now why should we go on this walk with you? Of all times right now in this country, to me, this is a disaster. And I think it's a travesty that they have tried to transform this country. And I'm all for, again, trying to do things that are good for the energy, good for the economy, rather. Clean energy, which America is better by far than Saudi and elsewhere. But to do it at a time right now where you're basically saying, hey, if you're in the uh, oil and gas business, good luck with that. And if you're in the American economy, good luck with that. Thank you, President Biden. Well, here's a little bit more of his big announcement. And again, all he kept talking about was spending more money, which will create more inflation, create huger issues, cost you more in terms of interest rates and everything else. And because he wants green energy or his far left-leaning constituents or his far left-leaning members of Congress like AOC and others, we're all going to just have to live with it. Take a listen to this. It invests $369 billion. Granted, I call for 500 plus, but it invests $369 billion to secure our energy future and to address the climate crisis, bringing down family energy bills by hundreds of dollars by providing working families tax credits. It gives folks rebates by, to buy new and efficient appliances, to weatherize their homes, and tax credits for heat pumps and rooftop solar. It also gives consumers a tax credit to buy any electric vehicle or fuel cell vehicle, new or used, and a tax credit for up to $7,500 if those vehicles were made in America. So let's spend $60,000 on an electric car, and then you'll get like a $7,500 rebate from it. Does that make any sense to anybody? And by the way, a lot of them are powered by energy, by some of the energy that he doesn't want to even talk about. But he says, let's put another windmill there because... Boy, that's really going to be the solution at a time like this. And then he went further and said, what we're seeing with all of our eyes, every time we go to a restaurant or a grocery store or a gas station, we all feel it. You see the numbers. Gas was about $2, remember, when he took over, a little over $2 a gallon. It's still hovering somewhere in 4 to 5 depending where you are, even more, still in some places. And yet... These people are going to be guiding us and giving us advice about the economy, and they will not even admit. They have said before in the past, if there are two quarters with contracting GDP, then guess what? That's a recession. When it was a Republican in power, oh, that's a recession. Even one of them is bad. Guess what? There were two this morning, and this president is just like Clinton. He's a little Clintonitis. Remember when Clinton was like, it's the definition of what is is. And so now Biden is, it's the definition of what recession is. Take a listen. Chairman Powell and many of the uh, um, uh, significant uh, banking 
personnel and economists say we're not in recession. And Senator John Kennedy, one of my favorites, because I love this guy. This guy's like, you know, he's like the kind of tells it like it is kind of guy. You got the gobbledygook president. And then John Kennedy of Louisiana said, you know what? Listen to the words. The position of the administration is that uh, um, the definition of a recession is whatever is in the teleprompter. And this, this farcical spectacle is kind of embarrassing. Most Americans don't really care about this debate or how many economists can dance on the head of a pen. What they see is a slowing economy and rising prices. It's called uh, classic stagflation. Um, President uh, Biden refuses to acknowledge it. And he even is going further, $369 billion with a B. And that really gets the ire of good old John Kennedy of Louisiana. And the bottom line is the economy sucks. And it's not going to get any better. This new uh, tax deal and Green New Deal uh, announced by Senator Schumer and President Biden and, and uh, uh, Senator Manchin, uh, you know, Joe's an intelligent guy. He knows that this is nothing but a big money suck. Uh, and it's just going to get worse until Congress stops the spending. But remember, we're supposed to feel the pain because Joe wants to convert us and teach us a lesson about now we have to rely on windmills and not even think about oil, even though we're in the middle of a major war right now that's ravaging Ukraine and the rest of the world. It's all about oil. So what would be the stupidest thing in the world to do? Continue the same policy. And that is is what President Biden is doing. It is stunning to me. Let's go to Anastasia on line eight. Go ahead, Anastasia, your thoughts. Good evening, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. I am calling to say we Americans have had it with Joe Biden. Time for impeachment. He's got to go. We cannot afford this type of economy anymore. Whatever he's doing is wrong. The entire administration is, is, has gone, took America down, and that's not we Americans deserve better. Yeah, you know, Anastasia, it's interesting you say that word, too, the word impeachment, because it's like he has been so out to lunch. And, and even, you know, Senator John Kennedy just said this, Anastasia. I don't know if you saw the announcement, but he makes this announcement. And he's reading on cue cards, and he's still fumbling. And then after probably one of the most pivotal times right now, you know, with the word of the economy, and then on the other hand also, the green energy, the big spending that he's doing, he doesn't take any questions. He's like, see ya, like kind of saunters off. And it's like he just is so disconnected from reality. And that's scary, Anastasia, real quick. Anastasia, you there? I think we lost you. Call us back, but you were great. Hello, hello. Oh, wait, oh, no, no. Go I'm ahead, here. Anastasia, real quick. I'm here. I'm sorry. The The only thing I say is uh, we need to get America back in our hands. Everything is going 
downtown. It's not, we just need another person that knows what he's doing. And hopefully this November, we really get this man out of the way. Because I'm sorry, I'm not even calling him our president because I don't feel it from my heart. Well, you know, Anastasia, that obviously it's the midterm. So uh, whatever happens, he's here at least through 2024, unless he decides to step aside or do something like that. But I I can't see how he's going to go another term. There's just no way. First of all, the Democrats don't want him. America doesn't want him. And I don't even know if he wants it. I mean, he just looks like he's like clocking it in, too. It's, it is painful. And like you said, it is a really troubling time to have somebody like this who is parroting these like far left agendas. It's like, you know, today you want to talk about Earth and he comes out to talk about Mars. This guy is literally on another planet. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. I'll continue with your awesome calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Stone Temple Pilots, and don't talk about stone because that's not an appropriate word. Nothing tied to stone or anything. Well, actually, stone would be okay because it's it's part of the environment. So Al Gore would accept that. The temple you can because that's man-made, so you can't talk about that. Pilot, no, that's that's uh, that's uh, energy, that's carbons. You can't have that. So some of the title Al Gore could live with and Biden could live with. But nobody else. 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about Biden. And at the worst time, almost, in Americans, I I just almost in history, in terms of our economy, this is the worst inflation that we've had in 40 years today by almost everybody's standards except for Joe Biden's and his team there at the White House. They don't want to call it a recession, but you know if it was Republicans, they would call it a recession. And what is he doing? He's adding a $369 billion climate and tax package. Taxing, by the way, corporations, because guess what's going to happen? They're going to pass it on to their workers. So that's going to be really good for the economy, too. Thank you, President Biden. What do you make of the timing of all this and the fact that he said this is all part of the transition, this transition, the liberal transition that they want for all of us, whether we want it or not. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Chris in Memphis, Tennessee. Lucky you. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, gorgeous weather here today, thankfully. Until I seen that so-called press conference and it just sprained on the entire U.S., um, yeah, but like so many of your points were just nailing on it tonight. His oh God, was that even a conference? Because he would get through. Let me try a mimic here. Where would mumble, mumble, mumble? Twenty million, mumble, mumble. Two hundred billion. You know, like he, this. Maybe he should stick to the teleprompter because what what he's pulling out is just preposterous. Uh, the not taking questions. I don't. I wanted to support him as much as I despised him. He 
supposedly won the presidency. So as an American, I want to support my president. This guy makes it impossible. No, I agree, by the way, Chris. You know, it's interesting. And I obviously, I want the best, too. I keep thinking with all these mistakes that have happened that he's going to finally say, gosh, because of the crisis, we got to reverse course. But no, it's like a, like a better who's like addicted. He's like doubling, tripling, quadrupling down. Very scary stuff. Take good care of Memphis and we'll continue with your calls. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great law enforcement men and women in blue. A powerful story coming out of Houston, Texas, where a 29-year-old officer who was shot in the face by a suspect over the weekend during a pursuit is keeping her spirits high while she faces a very long road to recovery. Officer Crystal Sepulveda, who has been an officer with the department there for three years, was shot multiple times after spotting a car that had been reported stolen stolen during a carjacking. Officer Sepulveda and the other officers tried to pull the car over, but the driver led them on a big pursuit. The suspect eventually got out of the car and led officers on a foot chase, leading them to the backyard of a house. That is when the suspect opened fire and hit her three times, once in the face, left calf, and also her toe. She went down immediately, struck in the face by a bullet. Then she was able to struggle back to her feet. Uh, The bullet hit her in the face, which shattered her cheek. It exited through her ear. Her injuries are apparently not life-threatening, incredibly, but she has undergone reconstructive surgery to her face. The male suspect was later shot by police after opening fire on more officers. Gosh, this guy was brazen. He was taken to the hospital where he was pronounced dead, the suspect. And again, she is recovering tonight, and our thoughts and prayers are with her and everybody else down there, all the great men and women in blue in the Houston area and, of course, around the country. Well, I contend that right now more money should be going to police officers, not to the Green New Deal. At a time right now where we're dealing with everything that's going on in the country and you look at skyrocketing crime, double digits everywhere, don't you think that this money that Joe Biden is talking about, $369 billion for, quote, the climate crisis? What about the crime crisis in America? The crime crisis. What about that? What about all the murders and the robberies and the disrespect that's happening to officers like the one I just told you about? How about the case in New York where you saw the guy just punching the officer over and over and over again on the subway in New York? I mean, it is like out of control. We have a crime crisis, Mr. President. We don't have a climate crisis crisis that's like about to end remember aoc was saying the world was supposed to end remember that was a couple of years ago and then somebody else said it was about to end a couple of years ago and then somebody else said it's about to end a couple of years ago my goodness i'd never get out of the house if i was listening to aoc and some of these people on the squad they're like oh it's gonna end it's gonna end well the world may end if you go on the new york subway the world may end if you go down on the street in la i mean the way that crime is these days That's where I'm really worried about. I'm worried about protecting our officers. I'm worried about protecting our citizens. 
I'm worried about the economy. I'm worried about a mom and pop who are figuring out, okay, gosh, maybe we shouldn't uh, take that job where we have to drive a few extra miles because it's going to cost us a lot more in our gas tank. That's who I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the guy who has a windmill and wants to do a second windmill right now. Somehow a windmill is not going to fill up the gas tank. Somehow a windmill is not going to protect you from a repeat offender who keeps getting out over and over again. And yet our president today comes out and he announces, oh, I've got a big, big thing. I'm going to address the crisis. I got to handle it. I thought, oh, gosh, maybe somehow he had an epiphany in the middle of the night. Maybe, you know, in the, in the Lincoln bedroom, where a lot has happened in the Lincoln bedroom, as we know from many reports, but maybe in the Lincoln bedroom, suddenly it was like, oh, gosh, I should make the country energy independent again, just like President Trump did. Then we can make money. Then we can sell our oil to places and they don't have to worry about Russia. Then we don't have to worry about what's going to happen if they cut off oil and gas to Europe, basically, this winter. But no, this is what he came out with, with his big Breaking news today. This investment in environmental justice is real. It also provides tax credits that will create thousands of good-paying jobs, manufacturing jobs, on clean energy construction projects, solar projects, wind projects, clean hydrogen projects, carbon capture projects, and more by giving tax credits for those who build these projects here in America. Now, let me be clear. This bill would be the most significant legislation in history to tackle the climate crisis and improve our energy security right away. Oh, yeah. It's really improving our energy security at a time right now. And again, I'm all for clean energy, all that stuff. But do it while we have a vast supply and while we have the leverage. We've lost the leverage because of this president. We have lost bargaining with Russia and we've lost bargaining with any of these other countries So much. We are now at a mercy with a tin cup going over to these other countries begging for oil because this president changed our energy policy and he's not reverting back. And in fact, he's doubling down like an addicted gambler in Atlantic City who's just going, "Okay, keep hitting me, keep hitting me, even if he keeps losing. And if everybody else at the table is losing and going, God, I hope that guy moves the table. No, he just stays there all night long. And you're just like, oh, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. That is what we are dealing with with this president. And things are so bad. This is David Asman on Fox News today, right after he came down with the announcement. It's like you go back and my jaw dropped. And I thought, gosh, is the rest of the world like going, what is this guy doing? Well, sure enough, you go went back on Fox News and they were like, did he just say what I think he just said? At a day when they announced it's a recession, we are in like the doldrums economically. And this president is digging the hole even further for this country and for the world, because we're the beacon of the world. But under this president, boy, we're like just a little flicker, a little flicker. Here's David Asman. He's, he's saying that exactly what got us into this mess is what's going to get us out of this mess. And it just makes no sense. But the bottom line is, this is Biden's recession. And I think this makes any chance of him having a second term zero to nil. Yeah, the only people who are going to vote for him are the guys who build the windmills. And what about the tens of thousands of people who will lose their job as a result of these plans? He doesn't talk about that. All he talks about basically is like, oh, good, we'll create uh, five jobs with that new windmill. 
Don't worry about the fact you're going to lose tens of thousands, if not more. And he's already lost that many with cutting off the Keystone Pipeline, with cutting off so many of these things. Here is South Dakota Governor Kirsty Noem, who just said this president is, quote, clueless. He continues to deny reality when the American public very clearly agrees that we can't continue down the path that we're on. What he just talked about, by spending more money, bringing forward more mandates uh, on using energy sources that we can't even produce in this country right now, and then telling people they'll be paid for out of their pocketbooks by tax credits while raising taxes on all of those individuals that supply them with the goods that they need in their life, it's so out of touch with what everyday Americans are going through, that it's hard to imagine that someone actually advised the president to do this. It is stunning. And she said, this is really killing us, not just economically here, but our world security, our national security. And that's why this is not just, you know, him with some wacky idea. This is an idea that is killing this country and hurting us on the world stage. Here's a little bit more of the South Dakota governor. Even the EPA has recently come out and they said that they're going to shutter coal-fired energy-producing plants early ahead of schedule to make us more reliant on other sources of energy that we can't even produce yet. So what this bill is going to do is going to make us more energy-dependent on our enemies. It's also going to make us much more insecure as a country. And what this president is doing is really jeopardizing uh, our country for the long term. There's, there's. Yeah, that is for sure. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eric in Manhattan, New York. Go ahead, Line 8. Eric, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, how are you? It's really becoming scared because it's, it's starting to become like a cult. The whole environmental thing, which we have nothing to do with, we're not going to end the, we're not going to end the, the, the world. By using oil. I mean, if you believe we're, we're shooting through the, the sun, it's dragging everything in the system at millions of miles an hour. You know, if you believe that story, you think we're oil is, we're in danger from oil? You know, it's, the whole thing is crazy. And uh, switching us off to, to these green energy that, you know, the thing is that Donald Trump, President Trump put them behind schedule, these elites. Uh, put them behind trashing our, our economy, pushing, push, put them behind trashing the oil industry. Because what, what is going on? This is insane. I don't, Biden doesn't even know what he's saying. I mean, he's, he's a puppet, basically. No, I agree. And you know what, of all times to do this, too? I mean, that's the other thing, too, Eric. It's like at a time right now where we are, it's like it's like kicking like a wounded dog. And I hate to say that because America really is on like one leg because of the economy, thanks to this president and his overspending and so many of these issues. And so we're already like, you know, like a lot of places are not doing well. But America, that's what I care about, obviously, first and foremost, our country, our great country. And I want the best for it. And if he came up with a plan that I thought was brilliant, I'd say, wow, that's great, because I want what is good for all of us and for the country above anything else. And yet he's like salting the wound. I mean, that's what's so shocking. It's like of all times to start talking about windmills and the biggest crisis. I know what you're all thinking. And I'm thinking, what, crime, economy? And if you even look at the polls, That's what's amazing, too, Eric. I mean, if you go to some of these polls, people were asked, and this includes Democrats, what is the biggest issue in the country for you? And overwhelmingly, people obviously say economy and inflation and then crimes in there, borders in there, too. The amount of people that say that climate crisis is the number one issue is less than 1%, Eric, and that includes Democrats. 
So it's like, is he like, look, who's he talking to, Eric? I mean, who who is this one percent that's driving the policy and driving this country to the ground? People that don't have to drive around. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you know. actually, you're right. Um, you're right. You're right. There are people that yeah, are so out of touch that they mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. don't get it. Eric, thank you very much. Love your calls. Thank you so much. Let's go to Jerry in Chicago. Jerry, go ahead. Line four. Hi, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller. Oh, that's great. Uh, Love that. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting you through iHeartRadio on 77 ABC. Anyway, let's be honest with each other here. We have no one to blame for this situation but ourselves. We couldn't win one of those seats in Georgia. One of those Senate, Senate seats in Georgia, we wouldn't be going through this. Okay? And now with these candy-ass Senate Republicans that vote with the Democrats on that chip bill, okay, for so-called homeland security, and these are the people that want us to vote for them come November and give them our money? I don't think so. So now, you know, Jer, you brought up some great points um, because I think that Republicans totally, like, overestimated, you know, they saw Ralph, you know, Raphael Warnock in Georgia and thought, oh, God, okay, you know, that's going to be an easy one to beat. And then the other, you know, John Ossoff, oh, that's going to be easy to beat. And and as you point out aptly, they both won. So my question to you is, what are you going to do in November based on what you're just saying? Because elections have consequences. And sadly, boy, are we facing the consequences of the fact that it is Democratic House, Democratic Senate, Democratic President. Um, what are your plans come November? I'm going to have to hold my nose and vote Republican. But these guys, these Senate Republicans, uh, 16 or 11 of them, they have to be primary. We cannot continue as a as a party with with rhinos and turncoats like those guys. They have to go. Well, that's why you have to have people who genuinely care about interests. And by the way, you know, I have been on this show and I have sung the praises of people like Joe Manchin. I've met Joe Manchin a number of times, of course, the senator from West Virginia. And yet it seems like in the last 24, 48 hours, he caved to politics. Everybody's wondering, like, sort of what was the reason that he changed? Because he said, I am never Joe Biden. I'm not going to pick a bill that has green energy in it. I'm not going to do anything that increases taxes for businesses. I'm not going to do any. That was like the Democrat who seemed like the reasonable guy of the batch. And now, Jerry, he's like he caved. It sounds like he got some sort of sweetheart deal. There's word that maybe there's some pipeline. Isn't that interesting? Coming through West Virginia that he gets some like favorite pork, some, you know, pet project. Uh, So it sounds like a lot of these people can be bought. And you're right. You got to do research and get ones who sincerely care about their people and exactly care about at the end of the day, they're not going to be bought. You know, they're not going to be bought. They're not going to get some sweetheart deal and sell everybody under a bridge. And that's really a shame that it's come to that. But, boy, uh, eye-opening for sure. Jerry, thank you. Great points. Um, Let's go to Steve, uh, line three. Steve, go ahead. Hello. How you doing, Rita? I'm good. What do you think? I think Joe Biden is a total disaster, especially when it comes to these electric vehicles. The average cost of an electric vehicle is $52,000. And what do you think is going to happen three or four years down the road when you have to replace the battery? 
A new battery is $20,000. Those batteries weigh over 1,000 pounds. And a used battery is around ten dollars to $11,000. Also, when you're in a car crash, and say the fire department has to use the jaws of life on that car because it's electric and the battery is very powerful, there have been instances where the rescue workers have been seriously shocked or electrocuted. Not only that, say you're driving your electric vehicle down the road and you hit a severe thunderstorm, and all of a sudden the car starts to get submerged. You can be electrocuted. Nobody's talking about that, and not to mention you're sitting in a vehicle that is giving off EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, just like a cell phone, times 100,000. That's not good for the human body. So there's a whole lot of drawbacks, and I recommend that nobody buys an electric vehicle, not to mention the charging issues. Wow. You know, Steve, you brought up some really great points. And just like you said, I haven't heard anybody talk about some of those things. How do you know so much? How did you become like an electric car pro? I did some research into it. I have friends who are fire department right down the street here. And also when those vehicles catch fire, it's almost impossible to put the fire out because of that battery. So I talked to some of my firemen friends. They have special instructions on that, and they told me the whole deal on what I just rattled off to you. Wow, that is really powerful stuff. Steve, some really great points. And I have not heard anybody talk about, like, the effect of the jaws of life, the EMS field. I know exactly what you're talking about with all that. Um, but you're right. That is, Those are big-time stuff in addition to, obviously, the price. But you're exactly right. It's like people need to get out there and talk about that. I mean, obviously, financially, it is so restrictive. But also, it's not good for you. And it's not good for a lot of the things you're talking about with the electromagnetic field. That's, I mean, that's not, that's not good for the environment. What a surprise. I mean, this is like... Amazing. Steve, thank you. That was a great call. And thank you for that important information. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. After the break, 1-800-848-9222. You just heard from Steve. Wow. Really eye-opening. And yet Joe Biden keeps pushing for electric cars like it's a panacea and windmills. I think we just need to figure out how to pay for the bills every month. Mr. President, what drug are you on? Because it's some strong stuff. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is the Rita Cosby Show. President Biden coming out. It's magic. There's no recession. It's magic. When you go to the gas station, don't worry about how much more you're paying. And the fact that most families are paying thousands upon thousands of dollars more, uh, a number anywhere from four to eight thousand per family 
per year as a result of President Biden's policies. And they're about to get a lot worse because guess what? He and people like New York Senator Chuck Schumer say the biggest issue in the world is climate. Take a listen. By a wide margin, this legislation will be the greatest pro-climate legislation that Congress has ever, ever passed. This legislation fights the climate crisis with the urgency that the situation demands. All right. So pro-climate legislation, the greatest. I would love to have the greatest pro-law enforcement legislation. I'd love to have the greatest pro-victim, not thug legislation. There's a lot of things I'd love to have, but I'm not sitting there saying, God, every day, you know, when you see crime in so many of these major cities across the country or people trying to make ends meet, pay their bills. I don't think they're thinking, gosh, if we could just have the biggest pro-climate bill that would put us into a bigger economic slide. That's what I want to do today. Nobody wants that. But Joe Biden does and some of his cronies. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ. Line four. BJ, your thoughts. In every Economics 101 textbook, there's a glossary, and it defines words like recession and stagflation. And this this has always been, uh, for every student of economics, recession is defined as two declining quarters of GDP consecutively. Okay, we heard today from the uh, 1984 George Orwell Bureau that apparently that's not so. That's been changed. This this government that's that's in charge now is not this is not by accident. Uh, We're seeing a push towards Green Deal uh, insanity that'll put us all that'll enslave us all and make us economic vassals to the state. This happened in 1949 in China with the Great Leap Forward, where the, uh, Mao told the Chinese people to go home and rip out every piece of rubber and metal in their home and donate it to the government, thus creating a slave class and an oligarchy class, party apparatchiks. That's what's happening here. You, you know no what? Also, but you know what's things. interesting, BJ? I also think on the communication front. You know, you bring up the China example, and by the way, we're going to talk about China in the next hour. Uh, because, you know, President Biden has a call with the leader of China. It's two hours. They don't even talk about the Wuhan lab or COVID. Oh, don't worry about it. It's only a million people in America who died. Are you kidding me? This is insane. Um, but I also feel like when I think of China, I think of them controlling the message. You know, it's like, you know, it's like they don't want us to believe our own eyes. You know, and just like you talked about that definition, you're right. It's always been the standard definition. So what happens today, they hit that point, but they don't want to tell us that it's a recession. It's like, oh, no, it's not a recession. Oh, there really isn't inflation. Oh, there isn't this. In other words, if they tell us enough times, maybe somebody will believe it. And it's almost like that, like communist state where they indoctrinate you and they want you to hear what they want to tell you. And you're supposed to believe that the sky isn't blue. That it's uh, purple with uh, big uh, unicorns hopping across. And if they say it, you're supposed to believe it. And that's the scary, scary thing. We're going to continue with your calls on this, everybody. And also, we're going to talk about in the next hour, China. Because, boy, the leader of China basically said, Biden, you're irrelevant. And sadly, he said, U.S., 
Don't you think about touching Taiwan or having anything to do to it supporting Taiwan, or you will get burned. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Well, the price you pay for having a president who is out of touch, not just domestically, but on the world stage. And later on in the hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, we're going to talk about China, too, because the president has a call with China, doesn't even really get into the coronavirus or the Wuhan lab. That would be my first question. Um, And then basically at the end of the call, China puts out a statement saying, you know, that If you play with fire, if the U.S. plays with fire, it will get burned. Puts out a warning and fires sort of a first salvo that if the U.S. tries to interfere with Taiwan in any shape or form, it will get burned. And it was also such a slap in the face, more than anything, I thought, to President Biden because they just hung up with a phone call. And it shows that China doesn't respect him. And it shows that they feel they can kind of do anything. So later on in this hour, um, I'm going to play because I did a podcast a few hours ago with the great Asia expert, great China expert, Gordon Chang, uh, to get his take on how he thinks that phone call went with President Biden and President Xi of China, two-hour call. How did it go? And also, should Nancy Pelosi go to Taiwan or not now? Because they're saying, again, that if she goes... That will create a firestorm. So what are your thoughts? Biden clearly doesn't want her to go and he telegraphed that, which he never should have done. You don't do that. You don't have any of these internal squabbles on the political stage. Uh, But I think it's even more important now that she goes, because if you don't go, they're going to go. Oh, God, we can really walk all over this U.S. president. So I think that there's a lot on the line here, even reputation wise. And the world is watching and China sure as heck is watching. So we're going to talk about that later on in the hour. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Meantime, we're also talking about President Biden and his green energy policy that has put us in such a dire situation where China and Russia are buddy buddies along with Iran. And meantime, us and the rest of the world are sitting out there with like a tin cup looking for oil because this president moved away from energy independence in this country. And then today comes out again with this announcement, wanting more green energy processes, talking about windmills, electric cars, the things that none of us are talking about right now when we're worried about paying our bills. And everybody who heard this president talk about, again, a whopping $369 billion. There's also a tax increase in there. I mean, what kind of person raises taxes in any shape or form during a, quote, recession and inflation? I I mean, someone who is so detached from reality and whose policies in many ways put us where we are right now. Well, this is what Senator Tom Cotton, Republican, had to say about this bill that Joe Biden pitched a few hours ago. This bill is going to fuel even more inflation. It's not going to fight inflation, no matter what Joe Manchin says. And it's going to kill jobs by raising taxes on businesses. 
And by the way, those taxes will also fuel more inflation because businesses will pass tax hikes along to consumers. The last thing we should be doing is putting another trillion-dollar tax and spend bill into an economy that has both record-high inflation and a recession. That is something that only Joe Biden could have accomplished. And in classic form, the new White House press secretary, fairly new, Corinne Jean-Pierre, was asked, how was this bill going to help us during inflation? This is obviously the wrong package. It's exactly opposite of what you should be doing. And this is how she muddled through the answer. I'm wondering um, where the White House sought assurance that tenants of that legislation would, in fact, lower inflation. Uh, I mean, I'm just not going to I'm not going to get into uh, uh, specifics or into negotiations. Are you kidding me? You are just talking about one of the biggest climate packages, one of the biggest spending packages in American history. And you're not going to get into it. Just like Joe Biden, when he came out and made the announcement, he makes the announcement, he's reading, storms off, doesn't take any questions. Don't you think the American public deserves to know when you're spending our money on such a huge way? And so then she gets asked, you know, why are we, quote, not in a recession? Because everybody else said, okay, you know, if it's those two negative quarters of GDP, which today it was, it came out with the bad news. Everybody knew it was coming. I mean, you could see it. You see, when you go to the grocery store, everybody knew we're hitting a recession. But suddenly now, as I mentioned, he's playing the Bill Clinton game. It's the definition of what is is or the definition of what recession is. Take a listen. Today, the president argued that the economy is not in a recession. And it was a year ago that the president said that inflation would be temporary. So the question is, why should Americans take his word for it now when the president got it wrong on the economy a year ago? So here's, you know, when we talk about recession and we talk about where we are currently uh, today, what we look at and what we speak to is uh, the facts, is what other uh, other experts are saying and what the textbook definition uh, is of recession. And if you look at the pre-recession years uh, during uh, in our history, uh, you see that the thing that happens during a pre-recession is that the, the is that you lose jobs, and we're not seeing that currently. We are. It, it is not what is happening. The labor market it has gained jobs. If you look at the first six months, 2.7 million uh, jobs have been created under the president's watch. Nine million new jobs have been created the last quarter. 1.2 million jobs, and we're seeing the resiliency of business investment. We're seeing the resiliency of consumer uh, buying power. And that matters. Those are the broad factors uh, that we look at. I hate when I hear the creation jobs number because, of course, jobs have gone up. Because guess what? He started with COVID when everybody was locked down. I mean, this is so crazy. And then here's my favorite, because remember, he has given, according to multiple reports, Part of our strategic oil reserves, not to us. First of all, that's only supposed to be in emergencies. He's created an emergency, but he's not even giving it to us. He's giving it. He's been selling it to China and tied to a company that reportedly has interest to Hunter Biden, according to multiple reports. So she gets asked about that and listen to this dodge and weave. 
Online business records suggest that the First Sun still holds a 10% stake in a Chinese investment fund. Um, is it possible to have basic transparency there on whether he actually divested that stake or not? So your last questions, I would refer you to his representatives. That's not something that I can speak from, uh, speak about from here at the podium. Oh, sure. If it's something they want to talk about, they keep talking till the kingdom comes. But in this case, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not supposed to talk about that in any shape or form. Deflect, deflect, deflect. You were just talking about a huge, massive spending package with a massive taxes that will trickle down to a lot of people and will affect a lot of people at a time of one of the most dire economic crises in American history. And you're not even going to answer a question about how it's going to help inflation, about his own interests potentially or his son's interests potentially and all these different things. I mean, that to me, this is like the most uh, deflected, disconnected presidency that I have ever heard. And that's why I think even Democrats are going, this guy is out of touch. Uh, But boy, his policies are really, I think, just hurting this country right now. It's the wrong policy at the wrong time. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norman, line five. Go ahead, Norm. Yeah, well, Teague, first there has to be the admission that there's a problem. And if they they're not going to get to that point of admitting that we have a problem, then the problem will never get fixed by them. So anyway, I just, you know, look, I work as a trainer in a health club in Manhattan. And over the past two years, I mean, I've just noticed that, you know, trainers are just no no longer in existence in the health clubs anymore. Uh, Clients can't even afford to pay me or they've moved away. And I've noticed that on the trainer sign-in sheets, it's gone from 10 to 20 working trainers a day down to one or two. So don't tell me we're not going through a recession. I see the evidence of that every single day. And as far as like, uh, you know, the creation of jobs, well, yeah, that's fine. But as far as in certain industries like me, trainers, karate instructors, yoga instructors, especially the personal, uh, the personal training ones, it's been absolutely devastated. Wow. You know, and Norm, by the way, Norm, you know what you're seeing um, and your your example is a really powerful one because you're talking, you know, I mean, that's a big difference from 10 to 20 to suddenly like now one or two. One or two. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And what about what about also do you feel, do you personally also feel like when you go to the grocery store, you go to the gas station? I mean, oh, it's, everything's crazy money. It is. Everything's crazy. Everything's crazy money. Right. I went, by the I way, mean, I went to the grocery store the other day. I'm like, oh, my God, it was like the same almost as my mortgage. And I was like, God, right. thank God I wasn't that hungry. I would have been it would have yeah, been two I, mortgages. And, you know, look, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, I've had some conversations with people like the two people that call your show and defend Biden and defend. And I I I don't know how they can. I don't know how they can defend it because I don't if you're defending him. okay, because you hate Trump. okay, I accept it. You hate Trump, blah, blah, blah. You hate Trump. But the bottom line is we're not doing well today. We're just not doing well, and there doesn't seem to be an answer coming from this administration, coming from, you know, I mean, look, I never went on welfare, all right? All my, you know, several of my trainers, when the COVID thing came, they all went on unemployment. I never, I've been struggling along, you know, on my own wits, because I just don't want to, I just don't want to be a ward of the state, you know, and I, and I just, you know, I just, I, I, I don't. If if you're if you're not compassionate 
to the people around you who are not who are suffering from this, then, you know, then I, I, I'm not going to think highly of you. You no. know, and this, I mean, I, I, I don't understand my, you know, uh, some of the conversations I've had with some uh, some uh, some of my so-called liberal clients and they say, well, uh, but it's so much better now. And I'm like, yeah, you have a union job. You're you work in a you know, you work in a as a as a teacher and all that. And they, they laid you off. But yet, you, you know, whatever you didn't work, but you still made money. It doesn't work in my world. If if you know if if they close the gyms, then I don't make a living. Wow. You know? and, and, and and by the way, you know, Norm I, and Norm too, your your situation sadly is very much like so many and the majority of people. Um, you know, there are some people who are like you talk about are in a union or whatever, but you know, there are n- huge portion are in your situation. And you're right. It is. I feel like this president is so disconnected from reality. And in fact, I mean, remember, like it was his, you know, it was his, uh, you know, right hand person. Says, oh, inflation's transitory. That was like a couple months ago. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And if somebody said to you, you know, even like in economics 101, how do you change the course? You say, OK, I got to cut spending. And at a time where they're raising interest rates. I mean, that's what's almost like it's like, OK. They raised rates a whopping amount this week. It came down to where it's technically a recession, whether the White House wants to admit it or not this week. And like the worst thing you could do is make us less energy independent and spend more money and increase taxes. Like like if somebody said to me one of those things, I would say, no, 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 no. Two, I'd go, are you nuts? Three, I would say, what are you trying to do to this country? Um, and, and you're right. It's like it is like it's insane. And to me, I just wonder what is his objective to what drive the country into the ground? Um, Norm, I'll give you the last word because you're such a great guy. Go ahead, Norm. Thank you. Well, okay. when I hear Schumer use combinations of words like climate injustice, I mean, what kind of psychocrap is that climate injustice? How can the how can the weather be unjust? You know? Uh, 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 the, the combinations, these Orwellian combinations, which these guys, which 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 Biden and and you know and all and these and these leftist politicians that are using, I just it, it infuriates me. Right, and at a time when the, and at a time where you are dealing with real life consequences, and you and so many people around you, Norm, you are such a good guy. You stay strong. We love you, and I, I love your spirit and your dedication to this country, too. Um, and uh, keep us posted. We always love hearing from you, Norm. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Ken on line four. Ken, your thoughts about this? You just heard from Norm what he's dealing with at the gym where he works. Uh, what are you seeing? Well, I think mean, he's very good points here. When Joe Biden shut the oil pipeline down, he not, he not only— Made us, made us lose our energy independence. But all the oil that we were selling to the rest of the world gave the rest of the world a supply of oil to, to buy from. Right. No, Ken, you hit it on the head. It's not just hurting us, but you're right. Think about if right now if we were plentiful with oil, which we were under President Trump, he went to great strides to increase drilling, increase the pipeline. We talked about the Keystone Pipeline. And what does this president do on the first day? 
He kills the pipeline, which kills 11,000 jobs. And we're supposed to be like bragging now and, and, and saying, thank you, Mr. President, for creating five jobs on the windmill when you killed 11,000 on your first day in office, let alone how many other tens of thousands in oil and gas and everywhere else across this country since that time. So uh, how is that a win when you've created maybe five or ten or I'll even give him a thousand maybe that he's created, right, with green energy, right? But he's lost tens of thousands. I mean, it's, it is it is insane. And we could not just be helping ourselves, but we could be helping the rest of the world. And that has put us in such a huge national security threat right now at a time with Russia where Russia is plentiful of oil. And we're sitting there saying, like, oh, we don't have any sorry. I mean, what kind of plan is that? Who, this is like the worst master plan for, uh, you know, American security that I've ever heard. 1-800-848-9222. And I'm going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And everybody, after the break... First, we do our beautiful support, our heroes, which I love doing every night, where we give a great shout out to our men and women in the military and their families. We're going to also talk about China because President Biden had a call with the leader of China. And God, the first thing I would talk about is the Wuhan lab and, uh, you know, that old wet market story, you know, and uh, maybe, hey, what about Fauci? Let's there'd be a lot of questions I'd have. But no, no, no. Stunningly, as we're talking about his climate change policy, he comes out and they give a readout basically from the White House of what they were talking about. The first thing apparently he talked about was climate change with China. Are you kidding me? At a time right now where we're dealing with the economy, we're dealing with Taiwan, we're dealing with so many security threats, Russia, again, the Wuhan lab, the list goes on and on and on. And the first thing this president talks about is the climate change crisis, as if China really cares about that, because they're one of the biggest polluters in the world. And so after this, uh, they come out and they basically slap you know, uh, bite it out, you know, slap him back and embarrass him, I think, because they put out the readout. Usually the first person who puts the readout kind of looks like the one who's like driving the train. And they put out the readout, the, what happened during the call. And they basically said on Taiwan, they did get to Taiwan. Thank goodness. I'm surprised he didn't talk about windmills for a couple hours, but he apparently at one point did bring up Taiwan, said uh, this is according to China's leader, said that in discussions with Taiwan, quote, If the U.S. plays with fire, it will get burned. So basically saying, I don't really care what you plan to do. We're going to do something. And basically, I think it's just a mocking President Biden. And this is what the governor of South Dakota, Christy Noem, had to say about the comments coming from China right after the call today. Uh, That is a threat direct from China. Uh, and they obviously perceive us as very weak and do not take this president or this administration seriously. So what we've done on energy policy, what we've done on food security, supply chain issues has weakened America. And now we have China emboldened to boldly declare they will set us on fire if we have Taiwan's back. Yeah. 
Isn't that scary? I mean, that we've come to a place where they just kind of are openly mocking the president and the country, sadly. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Ralph, line three. Ralph, your thoughts. Uh, hello, Rita. Good evening to you. How are you? Good, good, good. What do you think, Ralph, when you're hearing all this? Okay. Uh, well, since you are in China, I also want uh, very, uh, you know, quickly, I want to talk about the economy. Like said, we're not doing well. And this is not just perception, it's the reality, okay? We are teetering on the brink of the abyss. Wow. We are... You know uh, what, You know what, Ralph? I sadly agree with you. I feel like we are in such a catastrophic time and such a turning point, and this president is salting the wound. Rita Cosby is on... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment here on the Rita Cosby Show, which I love doing every night as we talk about our great men and women in the military, a beautiful story coming out of Manchester, New Hampshire, where Navy veteran commander David Kenny, who served in the U.S. Navy for 40 years and since his retirement, He has been dedicating his time to supporting fellow veterans. Well, he was honored with the Maurice McQuillan Award, the award's name for the founding editor of the newspaper there, the Union Leaders Veteran Page, and has recognized outstanding service to veterans in New Hampshire for many decades. Kenny said, for me, it's always been a matter of service for life, which has been my mantra since I started. This is just a continuation of it. And the ability to be able to help veterans one-on-one, that is really my satisfaction. A little background on Kenny. He entered the Navy in 1975 after completing Radio Man A training. He was sent to the USS America in the Mediterranean, where he participated in the American evacuation in Beirut, Lebanon. And he was also assigned to the USS Barry, the USS Miller, and also some British ships as well. And in 1990, he was commissioned as a surface warfare operations officer aboard the USS Constitution uh, and retired from the Navy in 2015. What a great, great story of service and how beautiful to see that he is being honored and appreciated for his service. Well, there are definitely U.S. ships and fleets on standby in Asia Uh, As things are getting heated, I mean, we always have ships and other groups at sea there. Certainly, there's a lot of different U.S. troops stationed around the globe because there's a lot of hotspots. And one of the future hotspots may continue to be, as we've already seen, Taiwan. And that was a big focus of the discussion today, apparently, with President Biden and President Xi, the leader of China. Now, this is their fifth call, and everybody was saying, okay, well, What are they going to talk about? What's the big breakthrough? You know, is he going to finally get some answers on the Wuhan lab? It sounds like 
COVID didn't even come up, which is kind of astounding because even China's now going back into lockdown with like a new phase. And, you know, wouldn't you want to ask just something about it? I mean, I'd certainly want to say, hey, let us into the Wuhan lab. Uh, If you won't, there's nothing really to talk about, but I don't ever see this president talking like that. Um, But so the essence of this call, as I was saying, I couldn't believe it. What, What was the headline? The first thing we hear from the readout, this is like when the White House gives, here's some of the highlights of what they talked about. The first thing was climate change. What is wrong with this president? The first thing you're going to talk to China, and apparently there's some deal potentially in the works to get them to do better on handling China, you know, in terms of climate there, and then maybe we would give them concessions. Are you kidding me? I I mean, this is like the whole thing is like nuts. The whole thing is nuts. It's almost like the deal with Iran. You know, it's like, it's like, first of all, half the time they go, oh, yeah, 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 we'll do that. And then they go, oh, yeah, keep polluting as soon as they go home. It's like they don't care. They don't listen to Biden and they don't really listen to anybody. But they certainly don't seem to listen to this president. And this is the way that a former State Department official categorized now the fifth call that Biden has had with this Chinese president. Of course, two of the greatest economies in the world, two of the greatest superpowers in the world, right? And they talk for two hours. Was there a breakthrough? Take a listen. It seems like not a lot came out of this. The White House briefed the issue uh, and said that they talked about things like climate change, uh, health crisis issues, which I suppose means COVID, human rights, although they weren't specific about what, if any specific human rights violations or issues were brought up, Americans held in China. You know, in my own experience, if you open a call with the Chinese with pleasantries and then turn it over to them, you're likely to get at least half an hour of scripted talking points through uh, sequential translation, which takes a long time. So it is somewhat conceivable you could have a two and a half hour call about nothing. One thing the White House denies is that uh, sanctions, excuse me, tariff uh, changes that they've been talking about for some months now uh, came up. Apparently that was not discussed between the two leaders. Yeah, apparently that wasn't. uh, Wuhan lab wasn't. Sounds like a lot of things aren't. Listen, I could talk to somebody for two hours and get to about 500 topics. Doesn't even sound like he hits even like two or three of the hot topics out there, which is what's amazing. And so the Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, gets asked, you know, what about the issue of Taiwan? That's a big, big hot issue because Nancy Pelosi says that she wants to go to Taiwan. It came out that she was planning to kind of secretly go to Taiwan after her trip to Japan. And that's caused a lot of contention with China. In fact, so much so that a little bit ago, China put out this statement after the meeting and said, that the U.S., if the U.S. plays with fire, referring to Taiwan, it will get burned. That is really a really strong threat coming from China after the issue of Taiwan coming up. And is there anybody out there who even thinks that in that call that Biden even, like, laid down the law about Taiwan? He probably said, oh, yeah, 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 she's thinking about going to Taiwan anyway. How you doing? And that enough was enough to rile them up. I don't exactly see this president going in with a backbone to him, you know, President Xi or any other world leader. But this is what the White House had to say about the trip after that call. Take a listen. What did President Biden tell President Xi about Pelosi's trip to Taiwan? And how has he personally asked Speaker Pelosi not to go on that trip? So I can tell you this. Look, I 
there is a separation of power, right? There is two equal co two two co-equal governments. Uh, the president was a, a member of Congress for 36 years. He understands what that means, uh, and he knows that this is not. He cannot say tell a member of Congress what they can or cannot do. Um, so that is uh, uh, that is something that the president gets uh, very well now. Secondly, there has not been a trip that has been announced. I cannot speak to the speaker's schedule. Uh, she has to speak to her own schedule. Uh, again, as we have said multiple times, uh, when a congressional member uh, thinks about having a trip or wants to go on a trip, uh, an international trip, uh, we give them the advice that on the geopolit geopolitical uh, assessment, on national security assessment, and it is up to them uh, to make that decision. So that was a bunch of gobbledygook, and I talked with Gordon Chang, the great China expert, I think probably the best expert by far out there, and asked Gordon, we have a brand new podcast, which, by the way, is going to go up tomorrow. It's called Protecting America, and we talk about many issues with national security, and I asked Gordon Chang what was his reaction to the call, and also I said, what do you think? Do you think that Nancy Pelosi should go to Taiwan? He said, yeah. He said he absolutely thinks that she should go and that she should also bring members of the GOP with her. So it's like a full on court. It doesn't look like it's like just a Democrat issue, that it looks like it's an American issue, but that we can't back down now. That now, after these threats from China today, that we look really weak and we will look even weaker as a result of this president if we decide not to go. This is a little bit of our podcast. Again, we're going to put it up tomorrow. You'll be able to check it out. You can wherever you download podcasts. Again, it's called Protecting America with Gordon Chang. We had an amazing discussion. And boy, does he know his stuff about China. This is what he had to say about this moment for America vis-a-vis Taiwan. Taiwan is important to the United States from any number of different perspectives. So, for instance, Taiwan manufactures, one company in Taiwan manufactures 92% of the world's made-to-order chips. So, obviously, that is critical. But it's more than just semiconductors. For more than a century, we Americans have drawn our Western defense perimeter off the coast of East Asia. And Taiwan is at the center of that perimeter where the South China and East China Seas meet. But it's much more than that. Beijing has been attacking our democracy, but it's been attacking democracy as a principle. And we cannot allow China to absorb any democracy, especially one as important as Taiwan. And as mentioned, after the fall of Afghanistan, after the war in Ukraine, Taiwan has become the test of American credibility around the world, not just in the region, but around the world. And if we allow Taiwan to fall, we're not going to have our friends and allies protecting us because we would be saying to the world that we don't protect our friends. So you believe it's important that she goes, but also goes with Republicans to send a comprehensive message that this is America coming. Absolutely. They need to know in China that the United States stands united. You know, Beijing will do something provocative if Speaker Pelosi goes, and they think Biden doesn't support her. But if Beijing believes that Biden supports the trip wholeheartedly, then Beijing will back off. This is just a question of the bully in the schoolyard. Apparently, nobody in the Biden administration has ever gone to high school and been bullied. 
So really what we've got right now is people who are making U.S. foreign policy who don't understand the principles of human relations. Wow. Although, by the way, taking a look at some of the people in the administration, some of them have been bullied. (laughs) They look like they've been bullied in high school and beyond. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, I thought it was really interesting because Gordon Chang really feels like this is like a moment in America um, and a moment for the world to show U.S. unity, U.S. might, U.S. strength. And that if we don't go right now, we will look like, you know, we are leaving with our tail between our legs. What do you think? Yeah, I think Nancy Pelosi should go. But first of all, Gordon Jang, Chang is my hero. He's got a, you know, really great head on his shoulders. I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to that podcast when you bring it out. Uh, sounds like it's really interesting. Yeah. By the way, uh, he was terrific, Dom. We talked for about 20 minutes and it's going to go up yep. tomorrow. You can check it out on at Rita Cosby on my on my Twitter. I'll put it up there and all wherever you download podcasts. But he was fan- I learned so much. He is so fantastic. He's one of the smartest people around, especially we need people like him a whole lot more. But the point I was trying to make was Biden had a two hour phone call with Xi Jinping. Two or two and a half hours. My guess is it went something like this. President Xi, if you keep Hunter's China dealings close to your heart, I promise to cancel all of Trump's tariffs and run for a second term if you will help me. So that should have taken about 10 minutes. The next 110 minutes were probably spent discussing places where Joe and Hunter could hide in China after the GOP take the House and the Senate. Ah, so, so Dom, how much do you think that Hunter, because there's, there are, you bring up a great point with Hunter because there are so many unanswered questions about all the money he was making. And remember one of those guys was like arrested too. Remember when he had the Chinese guy who came to the airport and yep, he had like exactly. boatloads of cash on him? What a surprise. And I think, and, and it turned out to be somebody who had some tie to Hunter. I mean, it was just there's so many of these unanswered questions, and this president keeps saying, you know, oh, no, I don't know anything about their business deals. And then we find out that he was on a tour with Hunter when he was giving some of his business associates tours. And remember, Hunter was on the flight to to China. Remember, he went on Air Force Two to China. Yep. And I think my only sad part of this whole thing is he is also my president. I would like him to succeed, but unfortunately— He's he has gone be above and beyond what he is capable of doing. He's totally incapable of even uttering and thinking in you know two straight lines. That's my problem with him. It's serious. It's a serious concern for the whole country. I'd like him to succeed, but unfortunately, he's not going to do that. Yeah, and isn't that sad? And by the way, I would love for him to succeed because if you know if he succeeds, then the country succeeds. But yep. you know, boy, right now you're right. It it is really it's stunning the fact that the first thing they talk about is climate change with China. Uh, that would be like the last thing I would take. I would be like, hey, for 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 a joke at the end, hey, you know, here's a here's a climate change joke because China clearly takes it as a joke. <laughs> Dom, thank you very much. You are awesome. Thank you, thank you. Let's go to Menachem in Jackson, New Jersey. Go ahead there. Yeah, hi, Rita. First of all, amazing show. Um, actually, the last caller was very funny, and I think it was a good point. But I just wanted to make two points on the climate change thing. First of all, you have to, you know, if there's any sincerity that's in, you know, from the leader's perspective on this climate change issue, then why wouldn't everybody be sticking, stamping their feet and raising the alarm about China? Because China is obviously causing a lot more damage than we are. 
um, I believe maybe the students believe in it, but like you, you really have to ask yourself, like, do they even have any sincerity at all? That's the first thing. And second of all, is you have to realize like how divorced from reality could these people be that they think that they could have an adult conversation with a real ambitious leader who doesn't give a damn about your climate change and bring it up. You, you have to be so floating, like this shows who these, these, these liberal leaders, they are so narcissistic, they're so off the cliff from reality and they live in their own world. Like, it's, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it is. And you know what's interesting? They come out and they're like, oh, we talk tough and we brought up climate change. I'm thinking, all right. And by the way, Obama talked with, you know, China about climate change a million times. And every time they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they never follow through. They just don't care. They're one of the biggest polluters in the world, also India and some others. But, you know, it's like they just they really could care less. And they're just laughing all the way to the bank. I mean, it, it, it's you're right. It, it to me, it's it's just shocking that they go in our leaders because we can only have you know control over hopefully our country, and you know they go in with this tunnel vision, and he has no leverage over them either. So why? What kind of leverage does Biden have to make them change their ways? There's nothing. I mean, they weren't going to do it before, and he's lost any sort of leverage. And they saw what happened with Afghanistan. That was one of the points that Gordon Chang brought up in the podcast with me. Was like, you know what? Um, you know, they watched that horrible withdrawal. They watched the way that, you know, uh, we didn't kind of talk to Putin and, and tell him don't go into Ukraine, you know, the minor incursion. They've seen the way we've handled foreign policy and a lot of the missteps. And they're laughing, he said. And, and that, that makes me really sad because I would love for them to say, gosh, you know, America is the greatest. We got to be careful. We got to listen to them. We got to do that. And they're like, ah, whatever. You know, if we think Joe is like fumbling and bumbling, they think he's worse. And that's really sad. Uh, Menachem, thank you. You're awesome. Let's go to Greg in Long Beach. Go ahead, Greg, on line four, your thoughts. Hey, man, I just want to tell you, I think you're doing a great show here. You're a breath of fresh air. Thank I you. Make, I make excuses to take a ride in my car just so I can listen to your show without interruption. And now, now, how I many? Want, how, how do you keep going in the same circle? Or do you, no, do you no, kind of like get off far. a different exit? Or what do you, what's your strategy? I drive, a, I drive to a parking spot, and I park, and I just sit and listen. Thank you. Well, that makes me very happy. I'm so glad that you called in. It's really awesome to hear from you, Greg. Thank you. And listen, I want to put on my tombstone, because this has all been forgotten. Forget about the lab leak, all that stuff. China stopped flights from Wuhan to the rest of China, but they let flights continue going to the rest of the world. That's got to be a crime of some kind because over 6 million people are dead, 1 million Americans, and nobody's talking about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, you know, they first started letting those flights go from Wuhan. Uh, in fact, remember in Italy? Because what was going on was a lot of those workers that are in the factories, in the clothing factory, they were coming in for the, you know, the Chinese New Year. And they were going home to visit their you know, to visit their friends and family in Wuhan and everywhere else. Uh, then they have the virus. They fly back. Like you just said, China did nothing to stop the flights. Uh, and in fact, they were sending it all over the world. And to this day, they still don't even admit it. That's the problem, Greg, is that where is America? And where are actually, quite frankly, other people in the world, but they're following America's lead. Can you imagine if this was Donald Trump right now after Everything that happened. I mean, he was China, 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 China. Remember before all this, can you imagine if he was a president right now, he would be demanding 
that people get into Wuhan lab and get access and get answers. But because they say, oh, yeah, of course we opened it up because we didn't know. We didn't start it. Remember, and in fact, when people said exactly what you were saying, they started saying, well, oh, no, it came from America. Remember, they made up that story like it came from uh, Boise or it came from L.A. or it came from, you know, and it's like, ah, 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 there's a huge pattern that it was coming from that area. But they are in such denial and America and American leadership has not pushed it and they have gotten a free pass. And just like you said, this is not like some minor thing. This is responsible, as we know, for a million deaths in America, millions around the globe. And I don't think we should just be turning a blind eye. I agree with you. They need to press that. It needs to be visited. And that's why I do hope Republicans call hearings and get to the bottom of it. Because right now, you know, they have no power right now in Congress. And let's hope that changes because you can't just turn a blind eye to this. Uh, I am so with you on that. Those flights and the fact that they allowed it and they don't let inspectors in, it's like, how dare you? And why is the world not cohesively outraged? And why is our American president not cohesively outraged? And what about Dr. Fauci and those grants? We got to get to that, too. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And President Biden gets a chance to talk to the leader of China. Boy, there's a lot. I'd be like, hey, how many times did you meet with Dr. Fauci? I'd love to know the answer if there's any question, any issues with that. Hey, do you know Hunter Biden? No, no, no. They didn't come up. He talked about climate change, the big crisis of the world. Let's go to LQ in the Bronx. LQ, my friend, how are you? Go ahead. I'm blessed, Rita. China and America is trying to throw a carrot, you know, for the um, climate, the cars, uh, electric cars, and doing the young people with concerts and so forth to try to buy them, uh, China. And that that's the sort of thing with electric cars and that kind of thing. And it, it's, it's, it's uh, abortion, anything that you can use the young people uh, in America uh, to uh, get over there and, 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 and try to wait, you know, making big money with the electric cars and all, all this sort of thing. But, you know, the pro- but you know, the problem is, LQ, the problem is that a lot of the young people just can't afford it. And most people can't afford a $60,000 car, let alone a young person. But you're, you're right. I agree with you. They're trying to change young people's habit and get them locked into this green energy for the rest of their lives. But even a lot of young people are like, we don't want it. Uh, but that that's a great perception. Let's go to Zach. Uh, Zach, your thoughts. Hi, Reed. It's an honor to be on the show. Um, I'll try to make this quick. So I think just I'm advising everybody to to wake up and stop being naive about things. Biden or whoever is behind him. They're not doing this by accident. They're not stupid. Roosevelt once said, nothing is done by accident in government. So we need to pay attention to history, how Stalin handled his people, how the Nazis handled their people. It's deliberate. America is in the way. So they want to basically take us down. They're not letting the borders open for nothing. That is a stupid move. They didn't shut off the Nothing. You know what you I mean, just said, Zach? That, you know what you just said, Zach? That's such a powerful comment. America's in the way. Isn't that sad? As opposed to America 
leading the way. Um, Isabel, you've been on hold for a while. Go ahead, Isabel, real quick. You're so sweet. Go ahead, Isabel. Hi, Rita. You know, everyone says if you remove Biden, you get Harris, but at least Harris is not evil. Oh, wow. So Isabel feels like Biden's evil. I just think he's clueless. I don't even know if he knows what evil is. If it's not on the cue card, he won't read it or feel it.